Welcome to Writers with Wrinkles, where authors Beth McMullen and Lisa Schmidt iron out the wrinkles in writing, publishing, and everything in between, one podcast at a time. friends. I'm Beth McMullen. And I'm Lisa Schmidt. And we're the co-hosts of Writers with Wrinkles. This is season three, episode nine, a deep dive craft episode. And today we're talking about how to write flashbacks that don't suck. It's tricky. And that's why we're here to help you navigate the complexities of incorporating flashbacks into your work with greater skill and confidence. Personally, flashbacks give me anxiety. Yeah. What are your initial thoughts when somebody says flashback? What do you feel like? <laughs> I, <laughs> Other than like, who is this weirdo yelling flashback at me? I have that weirdo in my head screaming at me. So, <laughs> Okay, you're taking it up a level. I know. It depends on if you're asking like when I approach it, when I'm writing it or when I'm reading it in a book. But like when I do it, I like to keep it short and sweet. Because I don't want to like meander. So I just, I like to pepper them throughout each story. Like they're always there, but it's almost just like a little, like just a glimpse. I think there's a fine line with flashbacks where it can be data dumping, backstory yes. dumping. And when mm-hmm. you, when you see that, when I see that in a story, it takes me out of the story. So I think that's the big thing I would always say is like, don't do too much, just give enough so that you have an idea of who the character is and, you know, where they come from. Don't overdo it. That's what I always like worry about when I'm doing flashbacks. I think it's very interesting, like you just said, to think of it from those two perspectives as a reader and as a writer, because as a reader, you know when it's done well, because you barely notice it's there. And as a writer, I think... You want to aspire to be doing your flashback so that it is unnoticeable. It's just in the flow. So think about those books that you've read where their flashbacks are an integral part of the story, but they don't disrupt the reading. That's when it's done really well. And when it's too long of a flashback, then it just really does take you out. So I think there's an art to keeping it short and sweet. We put together five tips that you really need to, if you're writing flashbacks, take a piece of paper, write these tips in big blocky letters on the piece of paper and stick it on your laptop or on your screen so you see it all the time. Because if you use these tips to guide you, you're going to come up with a flashback that hits all the right notes and works for the reader so you don't chase them away from your story. You know what? Think about this. Flashback, it should be a flash. Like it should be. Right. Like quick. So my very, very first novel that I ever got published, not the first novel that I wrote because I've written other, I had written other ones that never saw the light of day. But the first one that I ever published called Original Sin, it's a story about spy who is, you know, quote unquote, retired and living her life and gets pulled back into the world of espionage for various reasons. But it was critical to the story for the reader to know what she had done in her past. That that novel, because I wrote it as a really fresh writer, I had no idea what I was doing. I just like merrily went along, throwing in flashbacks all over the place, here, there, everywhere. Didn't think about it, wasn't worried about it, just was part of the story. Off I go. 
I think if I tried to write that now, I'd freak out because I'd be overthinking it, stressing about the flashbacks. And they they work. They work fine. They're integrated in. But it was funny because I didn't I didn't dwell on it at all. I just went and did it. Sometimes ignorance is bliss when you're writing. <laughs> That's another thing. You can write in big block letters and stick on your screen. Seriously, because I swear to you, if people knew about, if I knew about writing what I know now, then I would never have done it. No. Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. No. Forget I it. am. And just like a little side note about that book. I love that book. And that's, that was your first book that I read that I, you know, was, had just met you and, and your, your kids' books hadn't come out yet. So I'm like, Ooh, Beth McMullen, I'm going to buy her book. <laughs> and it's so funny. And I, to this day, I'm sure I've mentioned it a million times on here, but you did it so well, the flashbacks to the espionage days that I like in my head was like, she was a spy. Beth was a spy (laughs) at some point in her life. And (laughs) And as I keep telling you, I can't, I can never tell you one way or another. (laughs) You did. It's done so well. I love that book. It was so funny. There is a scene where I can't, you were outside, like the, the character was outside a coffee shop and they had to pour, pull out like a little portable toilet. And like you were kind of flashing back to when you were in espionage and like kind of what you were doing now. And I just remember laughing throughout this whole book. So <laughs> listeners, go out and get this book. It is so, so funny and so good. I just, I cracked up and I gave it to, I had Molly Burnham staying with me one time. She writes middle grade. I love her. She's, she's so she's funny. fabulous. She's really fabulous. And she's like, oh, I don't have a book for the plane ride back east. And I was like, here, <laughs> I gave her my copy of your book. And I was like, bye, Sally Sin. I'll give you another. I have like six. Oh my God. You need to give me another one because I would totally reread it. I loved it so much. All right. So let's get on to our tips so we can make everybody smart about flashbacks. Number one, anchor your flashback. This is really important. Establish a strong anchor in your current narrative before transitioning into a flashback. This could be a physical object, a specific setting, or an emotional state that naturally leads into the memory. For example, a character might find an old photograph that triggers a vivid memory. So I have a good example of this. In my very first chapter of Heart and Souls, Sticks is an anxious character. It's his first day of um, middle school. And he sees a kid who reminds him of his old bully from elementary school. And so that triggers that flashback. And then I did like a little paragraph on what that bully did and what has created this anxiety, this long-term anxiety for Sticks. So that was how I used a flashback in my very first chapter. That's a great example of how to weave it in so that it's relevant and the trigger. So it's linked. It's not just, you know, out of the blue. Right. Tip number two, have purpose. So each flashback should serve a very clear purpose in your story, whether it's to reveal character backstory, character motivation, to uncover secrets, provide context for current events. It should answer questions or fill in gaps that enhance the story. So here's a little bit of advice on how potentially to do that. Before writing it, outline its goal. So ask yourself what new information it brings to the story. And this is super important. Why is this information 
necessary at that point in the narrative. So if it doesn't rise to the the occasion, don't use it. Get rid of it. It's not necessary. It really needs to be indispensable for you to put it in there. It's a high, high bar. And each flashback has to meet that bar or just jettison it. Get rid of it. Absolutely. And you do, you'll see flashbacks every once in a while in a book that are unnecessary. And I always look at like, what was the author thinking? Like, why did he include this? And sometimes it doesn't make sense. So be careful with those. Yeah, it should be obvious. It should be obvious why it's there and what purpose it is filling. Okay. Number three, keep it brief. Flashbacks should be concise and focused. Long drawn out flashbacks can disrupt the flow of the narrative, pulling readers too far from the main storyline and diluting the urgency of the present moment. We've kind of been touching on this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, limit the scope of the flashback to the essential details needed to achieve its purpose. Think of it as a short story within your larger narrative. Um, Every word count, obviously, and every sentence should serve the flashback's intended function. I had an editor once at Simon & Schuster. This was for an adult book that I wrote under a pseudonym. And she would take a red marker and on the page, she would cross out stuff. I've probably talked about this. I was so I was so traumatized by it, but it's it's actually brilliant. And she would say, does not move the plot forward. So any writing that I had in there that did not serve my larger purpose, she was like, nope, get rid of it. And that is something that really applies to flashbacks. Every word and every sentence should be pushing the plot forward in some way that is absolutely necessary. So keep that in mind. Think about the, the, you know, the mental red marker. That's what I like to think of it as, even though it was terrifying and I was scared. Well, and even, even like just as you're writing your story, like I get stuck, like if I'm writing a chapter or whatever. And sometimes I'll be like, I've just added something. And I'm, people are going to wonder like, why did she add that? They're going to be looking for like the purpose of that. I was just writing something and I was going to put a, a beehive in there. And I'm like, you know what? In a couple chapters or later on in the book, people are going to be like, what was up with the beehive? Like, yes. <laughs> do you know what I Why mean? Why is it's, it there? Right. right? What purpose so, does it serve? I'm like, I better take that out because it's going to be like stuck in the back of some reader's mind going, what's up mm-hmm. with the beehive? Why is it right, still? Right. <laughs> because it's unique enough that, that it's a detail you remember. And if it doesn't have a purpose, it shouldn't be there. Yeah. And I was doing it for settings, but I felt like it was too big of a detail that people would always be looking for its purpose. So keep that in mind when you're doing flashbacks as well. So number four, make it clear. If you have a flashback, you need to delineate the point between present and flashback to avoid confusing your readers. So people sometimes use tenses to distinguish between the main narrative and the flashback. You can use visual markers, chapters, textual markers, structure, whatever it is that you think works. One thing that this is a pet peeve of mine, when a author is using chapter, 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 like present chapter, flashback chapter, present chapter, that sequence, a lot of times they use the chapter heading to tell me that I'm now in the past. Now, there are certain things in reading that my brain doesn't ever look at. I never look at chapter headings. If you've said in the chapter heading, July 27th, 1987, I'm not getting that. 
now you've done the job, you've used the marker, but I think you need to keep in mind if you have weirdos like me, there should be something in the actual text that reminds us that we're in the past and that we're not in the present part of the story. Whatever it is that you choose to do, be consistent, super important. Once you choose a method for signaling flashbacks, stick with it through the entire novel. And while you're giving clues to go into the flashback, you also need to give clues that you're coming out of the flashback so people and readers understand that they're back in the primary timeline. Absolutely. Integrate, don't isolate. This is a great tip. Flashbacks should feel like an integral part of the story, not isolated incidents or info dumps. I think we touched on that. The info dump like makes me crazy. Yeah. Honestly, as a reader, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm skipping all these pages. And then I don't get the information that I need for the story to work. Yeah. I feel the same way about, well, I don't want to go off on that. I digress. I was going to go off on prologues, but I... (laughs) (laughs) That is a whole different episode, prologues and epilogues. We're going to do that like sometime soon. I never read prologues. Okay, flashbacks. Should weave into the narrative naturally, emerging from and contributing to the story's current events or emotional landscape. And that is so true. It can explain why your character is the person they've become in the story and what's their motivation, what they need to overcome, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it should relate to the present. Right. So you're showing connect that flashback to a theme, an arc, a plot progression, whatever, but it has to be critical to what is going on in the present. So, for example, if you're flashing back to your character in a coffee shop and they're thinking about the coffee that they're ordering and it has absolutely nothing to do with the current narrative, the present day narrative, don't put it in got no place. You have to be really, really hard on yourself with these flashbacks because they have such potential to go wrong that you really need to keep the bar very high for all of them. Be a little bit harsh with your own evaluation of whether they stay or they go. Have we scared everybody? Do you think I know we they now? are scary. You know what? They are scary. But like once you get in the flow of things, you'll figure out where to put them in and where not to put them in. And after writing a flashback, read in the context of the surrounding chapter chapters to ensure it flows smoothly and enhances the overall story. That's super important too. And you can figure out a lot by reading a couple of chapters that are either bookending your flashbacks or chapters that have flashbacks integrated into them. Because if you read it and it feels jarring, there's something wrong and you have to go back and fix it. If I have flashbacks that I'm maybe a little bit worried about, like when I send it over to a beta reader, I'll just point it out and say, how does this flow? Or what do you think? Sometimes, you know, especially Catherine, my CP is brutal. So she's like, you know what she is? She's a giant red line marker. She'll just be like, no. (laughs) She's the human red marker. (laughs) She is. This is a good thing though. You need that. You need that. It's important. So I always have people look out for, I know what my writing quirks are. And like Leslie, my agent sent something back and she's like, you need to be careful with this. And I'm like, oh, look, there's my new writing quirk. (laughs) (laughs) Just added to the list of things that you're trying not to do. (laughs) It was a new one. I'm like, oh my God. It was like a zit that just popped up. (laughs) It's just like, that is all new to me. I didn't know I did that. I also think one of the things that I don't know that we touched on in this list of five that just occurred to me is that sometimes you can achieve the goal of the flashback 
within the current timeline. You don't need the flashback. The information that you're trying to give, and flashbacks are always about giving information, you can integrate that into the present in some creative way. And it might be that you don't figure it out until later. So you put in the flashback and then later you think, okay, I can actually weave this into the current timeline, get the information to people without having to do the flashback. So I think that's sort of something you might address in a revision where you have your arms around the whole story and you can see the places where maybe you don't need that flashback. So that was just something else I was thinking about. How do you mean that? What's an example of it? Or So for example, let's say that your plot hinges on somebody's love of vanilla ice cream with chocolate sprinkles, right? So then you have a flashback, they're a kid and they're having their first vanilla ice cream and chocolate sprinkles and they love it. Okay, so that's your flashback. But now you're writing in the present. You can have your main character is out with a friend and they're having their chocolate ice or their vanilla ice cream and the chocolate sprinkles. And they can say, I love this. It reminds me of when I was a kid. It's my favorite flavor. So now suddenly, I mean, that's a super basic example, but that's what I mean. You've addressed the info dump. You need to know that she loves this ice cream. You don't need to know details of why. That's really irrelevant to this plot. You just need to know she likes it. So now you know, put it in the present timeline. So you're not having a disruption of a flashback in any of the, you know, potentially that danger zone, but you get rid of that flashback and now it's happening now. That's your bonus tip. That's tip number (laughs) 5.1. That was good. Thank you. So that is it for today's episode on flashbacks. We hope that This gave you some clarity of purpose and will help you navigate these choppy, shark-infested flashback waters because we know they're a little scary. So I have been taking the highlights of these deep dive episodes and putting them on our website blog. So if you didn't get a chance to write stuff down or you're driving your car and writing stuff down would be dangerous. You can go check out the blog and that will give you kind of a nice little cheat sheet for what we talked about today. It's also in the podcast notes, but the notes aren't quite as in-depth as the as the blog is because of space requirements. So that is our rad new website, writerswithwrinkles.net. Go there, see the blog, like our show, follow our show, subscribe, all of those good things. And next week for episode 10, we are talking to Patience Bloom, who is a decades-long veteran of romance editing and publishing. Romance is so, so hot right now. And I mean that in all the ways. (laughs) If you've read any lately, you know what I'm talking about. And Patience just knows more than anyone in the world about this genre. So if you are writing that, thinking about writing that, just curious, you don't want to miss that conversation. I think it's going to be really great. And until then... Lovely listeners, happy reading, writing, and listening. Bye, Lisa. Bye, Beth. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Writers with Wrinkles. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.